Thanks for listening to the nice podcast. I'm Dave Delaney. If you haven't noticed, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus over the last several months. Uh, A big revelation was found. I have ADHD, and that explains a whole lot. And of course, naturally, as a veteran podcaster, I started another podcast all about it, and it's called ADHD Wise Squirrels, and you can find it at wisequirrels.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search ADHD Wise Squirrels. Pop over and have a listen. Let me know what you think. Thanks. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You give people a sense of hope that there's great leadership in the world and there's some practical things that people do that demonstrate grace or nice or generous leadership. So I'd love for yeah. you to share with us a little bit of the the nice method. Nice. 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 Nice with Dave Delaney. Hey, welcome back to the Nice Podcast. I am Dave Delaney. And if this is your first time here, welcome. So today I am thrilled to share an interview by Shannon Cassidy, who hosts the podcast Return on Generosity, R-O-G. Now, Shannon was kind enough to have me on her show to talk about what I do, and we thought it would be fun today for me to share that interview with you here in the feed. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy this conversation uh, and really a wonderful interview by Shannon with yours and truly. Dave is obsessed with how we can be nicer and how we communicate both online and in person. He's the founder of futureforth.com and creator of The Nice Method, which is used to help leaders of fast-growing companies retain talent, improve communication, and culture. Dave's an author, a keynote speaker, and a thought leader. What I appreciate most about you, Dave, is your levity and generous communication style. You create safe spaces for people to share in a meaningful way. And I'm so grateful that you're here with us. Welcome to ROG, Dave. Yeah, thanks a million for having me, Shannon. I'm excited. This is, yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Thank you. Yeah, your podcast is a lot like this podcast where I believe that you give people a sense of hope that there's great leadership in the world and there's some practical things that people do that demonstrate grace or nice or generous leadership. So I'd love for yeah. you to share with us a little bit of the the nice method and you know the thought leadership behind it. 
Yeah. And first of all, I should mention too, that I have a, what I call my mini ebook version uh, of the keynote presentation that I do called the nice method, which is uh, available for your listeners for free um, just uh, for the next little while anyway. So they can visit nicemethod.us or nicemethod.us, depending how you want to spell it. I like us. Uh, I and yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and so on use, brand. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That's right. And you can use the coupon ROG uh, on that uh, on that page to get the book for free. I think it's like I love that. And that'll be in the show notes. Thank you for that generosity. So the nice method is a methodology I came up with to help leaders of fast growing companies improve retention and communication and culture. Um, On average, it costs between six to nine months, according to Sherm, six to nine months, someone's salary to replace that person if they quit. Um, which is daunting when when you think about it. Like a sixty thousand dollar employee costs between thirty to forty five thousand to replace, and then multiply that by more people who might leave as a result of that person leaving. Which I, what we call turn, turnover contagion, and these mm-hmm. things happen because communication uh, is poor or or miscommunication takes place at work. Where um, so what I do is I work with leaders to improve how they communicate in order to have and lead happier, more connected teams and ultimately retain talent. And I use um, the NICE method framework in order to achieve that. And I do it through uh, consulting, but I also do it through keynote presentations and through uh, corporate workshops and training as well. Mm, that's fantastic. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed watching your work and learning from you through your podcast and your YouTube and all of the ways that you so generously share this thought leadership and your model is also really interesting, including that you have that calculator to figure out how much it costs for for turnover. So which is, you're right, it's astounding, isn't it? It's crazy. I mean, I I created the calculator, which uh, your listeners can find at futureforth.com to try the calculator. It's right on the homepage. There's no email capture or anything. You can just use it. Um, But I created it in part because I'm terrible at math. And I I remember the statistic, $60,000 employee costs 30 to 45,000 to replace. But after that, I'm like, you could, well, $123,000 employee. I'm like, uh, I'm not very good at math. So I used, <laughs> I, I created that calculator just so you can, yeah, you can punch in a salary and right away get a feel for exactly how much it will, or approximately how much it will cost. And it's built off the Society for Human Resources Management Sherm's uh, calculations from their own studies. So. Mm, thank you. And thanks for explaining that acronym, yeah. Sherm. Um, so how can we, improve our communication so that we reduce all of this cost. What are some of the recommendations that you have for leaders and organizations to to reduce the cost of turnover? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is to actively listen and to really focus on hearing your team. So the three kind of pillars within the NICE method are to hear your team, to avoid the wrecks, and then life outside the walls. And so to hear your team, it means to, you know, actually listen to your team, but also make them feel empowered by responding and also providing feedback and and recognition to team members who are doing a great job. Avoiding the wrecks means avoiding miscommunication and also workplace fear. Uh, Sometimes fear of management results in mass exodus as a result of of some of that mismanagement. And then life outside the walls means finding ways to build and foster friendship at work and to do so. And also 
while supporting your local community um, and the world at large through uh, philanthropy as well. And that, and, and these activities, both from a ph philanthropy, but also just fun activities can bring your team together, both within the walls, but also outside of the walls of the organization. And so I use examples of that in the book uh, that I mentioned, the nice method, but also in the presentations and training I do. So really ultimately, you're using sort of these these methodologies to ultimately improve uh, improve the way you lead, but ultimately also it helps your team. And um, part of the backstory of coming up with the nice method was I worked for I worked for great bosses. First of all, I will say I've been very blessed to work for great people. However. I've also worked for some that were not as great, and one in particular who was quite terrible, um, who will remain nameless. But I bring that up because um, I, as a result of this experience with this certain people, I felt terrible. It was a terrible uh, ordeal at work. I was stressed. I was scared for my family because I didn't know whether I was going to be laid off or fired. I wasn't really sure what was happening. And I was having a, a heck of a time trying to get any clear answers. And it was like, just a, it became this real toxic uh, workplace. And so part of this thinking is that if I can teach lead, leaders to be better people and nicer people, um, not only is it going to save the company money having to replace and retrain people, but it's also going to build strong reputations and it's going to make the team enjoy coming to work, whether that's in person or hybrid or distributed. Yeah. What are some of the things that you learned not to do because of this boss that you're referring to? Well, I mean, one thing not to do is, well, I mean, the flip side is to be transparent and not to, you know, ridicule, ridicule a team member, you know, if you're having problems or challenges with uh, that person, but rather having a coffee, having lunch, buying them lunch and, and sitting down mm -hmm. and reviewing, you know, how things are going. Um, and this isn't in necessarily in, in that kind of scenario as well. I mean, you can also do this as part of a stay in interview, which is something I encourage my clients to do. Yeah. I'd love for you to share more about that, Dave. The stay interview concept is is brilliant. And you and you have these three key questions that you recommend everybody ask during these stay interviews. So Please share a little bit more about that. Yeah, so stay interviews basically happen when you are, um, well, first of all, you should be doing it with your top talent, first of all. So start with your top talent and then you can go down the line. But the, the goal here is to really ultimately um, have an intimate, like, casual conversation, let them know, Hey, I just wanted to spend like maybe 20 minutes with you. Just have a quick chat. Is that okay? And, and let them know that don't worry, there's nothing to panic about because when you, when the boss says that sometimes it's a little worrying. Um, but these questions that you ask will help to ease that person to make them feel comfortable, but also for you to get a feel for, uh, how the experience is working for you. Um, oftentimes people, you know, we, we've heard this term quiet quitting quite a lot over the last year plus year or two. And, you know, it only has a name now, but we've all been there working, you know, and, and just checking out and just not interested in working wherever we're working anymore. So in, in, as a way to prevent quiet quitting from taking place, you need to check in with your team members to see how they're doing. And so 
a lot of times companies do exit interviews when somebody has quit and they're they're leaving. And so you do an exit interview to find out, you know, why they're leaving and, you know, what you could have done better and things. But I would argue that it's way better off. You're way better off doing a stay interview with your top talent on a positive note just to find out how things are going. So the first question is, what do you like least about working here. And again, this is a one-on-one conversation. It's closed mm-hmm. door, over coffee, casual. Keep it casual. But what do you like least about working here? I know you love working here, but but what are some things that that you don't like about working here or some things that you, you know, that maybe irk you? The second question is what do you like most about working here? Um, and what keeps you here? I know it's a scary question to ask, but what keeps you here? What what makes you stay working for us? And what do you like most about it? And then the third, I know that's two questions, but the third question is what might tempt you to leave? Um, so again, you're just trying to get a feel for how, where their head's at. And that might, you know, they might say, well, I might be tempted to leave if I was offered, you know, better benefits or, or more money or something like that, or, or to be able to work from home, you know, an additional day each week. And just by opening up, especially with your top talent, just by opening up this dialogue, you could you could learn that they they might be a little frustrated. They might want that extra day off each week or to work from home each week, and that gives you the opportunity to to fix that problem before that person uh, starts the uh, quiet quitting uh, process and ultimately leaves um, your company. Yeah, and that ends up costing money. So stay interview questions are important. Love that. So for the clients that you have been suggesting this practice to and they've been having mm-hmm. these interviews, is there anything that they're learning from their top talent that has been almost insurmountable? Or are you finding that they're really telling you some pretty basic things yeah. that 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 are quick wins? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it, you know, and I've, I've written about this uh, when some of the workshops I do on my website on Future Forth, uh, but 62% of, pe- of employees with one to five work friends said they would reject an, a job offer elsewhere. So that is a big number. And that's something that people find sometimes working for companies is they feel kind of lonely. They don't really... They don't really know people or they haven't been onboarded well when they started at that job. And so I've, I've discovered some of those findings and just hearing some of this, these, this feedback from, from leaders uh, after having these conversations that, you know, they would love it if it wasn't just all work all the time. Like they could let their hair down a little and have some fun um, and get to know their colleagues more. This is why companies hire me to come and do retreats and speaking at like off sites and things like that. So when I do like private engagements, um, you know, I get the I get the group really engaged and laughing and having a good time. Um, but mm-hmm. this gives them I teach them, but but I also give them a lot of uh, things that they can do to improve the way they communicate, but we do it in a fun way. So that way uh, it becomes a memorable experience. So that's also some feedback I've heard. That about. you've heard that it's fun. Yeah. Well, they're looking for fun. They, they want it yeah. to be fun. They don't want it to be just boring. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when it's all work and no play, well, you know, um, <laughs> also a lot of, a, a yeah. lot of people now are looking for more, uh, opportunities. Well, actually it's interesting. People are looking for opportunities to work from home more often in a hybrid sort of model. But a lot of people are lonely. A lot of people actually want to go back to work and, and go back mm-hmm. to the office. Um, so it's, it's having these conversations and discovering what you know, different people feel. 
Yeah. So when you talked about the nice methodology, you talked about the three things, the hear your team, avoid the wrecks, life outside the walls. So for the hear your team, what would be some of the strategies or recommendations that you have for leaders who are listening, who really want to improve in this pillar? Yeah. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. What, what, one of the things, it, and it sounds... It's funny because I get so many heads nodding when I do this in person, um, when I do, when I speak and talk about this one thing. Go analog, buy some thank you cards. And every Monday, start your work week by writing a thank you card, like old school, pen and paper. Um, write them a thank you card and mail it to their home. Um, and don't just write, hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, but fill right. fill it out and, and be let them, be specific and let them know why you are thankful to have them on the team. Um, a card nowadays is like old school analog card is the coolest surprise. Oh, and I'm not talking about like stuffing it with a Starbucks gift card or anything like that. Just a simple thank you card from the heart. What happens here, though, is not only is it received with love and and just, wow, I can't believe I just got this. So the team member feels great about it. But guess what? You feel better about it, too, as you write the card. And what happens is, first of all, if you do it first thing every Monday, you start the week off on a really positive note. Uh, But before you turn on your computer, before you start checking your email on the day, Dedicate like Monday mornings to writing one card to one person on your team. And it just starts the it starts the the tone of the week off really well. But it also puts things in perspective for you to realize how lucky you are to be to have uh, team members who are awesome. Um, mm. And so, um, you know, and if you can't think of somebody, then you're not uh, paying enough attention. So that's <laughs> also an important point. That's a great one. Ah, oh, thank you. So practical. Yeah. Um, and so the second piece is avoid the wrecks. Yes. And what you have in there is repetition, setting standards, and being available. Yeah. What could you teach us about that? What's something we can practice? Yeah. One, I mean, one of the things I like, I stole from Adam Grant, actually, from his, uh, I think it was from Think Again, which is an amazing book. Um, Love it. Yeah. He, uh, I believe it was in that book where he talked about uh, Ask Me Anything Coffees, AMA Coffees. And I, I, I am a big proponent of this. So what you do is as a leader is you block time on your calendar each week, uh, whether you can, I mean, some people can't do it daily, but at least once, a, you know, at least for an hour or a week, um, preferably more, but scheduling, you know, and, and making it like four 15 minute chunks or two 30 minute chunks. Uh, in an hour, let's say, and call it your Ask Me Anything Coffee. And this is an open invitation for any team member to come 
and sit down with you, have a coffee, um, and just ask you anything, you know, within reason, of course, about work, preferably. Um, but this gives uh, team members the the opportunity. So <laughs> have you ever worked for someone and you didn't know, you worked with them for so long that you didn't know the answer to something that you really should have known at that point? <laughs> this happens. Yeah. And you feel so embarrassed because you're like, I can't ask now. So it's right. it's almost like a George Costanza Seinfeld thing, you know, like totally. going to work and not knowing, God, I don't even know, you know. Um, yeah, I should know this. Right. So, so who else would know this? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Somebody save me. Uh, so the idea of the ask me anything coffee is is just that. You can come and ask the most silly question and you're not going to be judged. It's judge for judgment free. And come mm-hmm. and just ask the question, whatever it is, or questions that you have that you probably should know the answer to, but you, for whatever reason, don't. Um, because this allows, this gives people permission uh, and empowers your team members to feel brave enough to come and talk to you, first of all. And you can mm-hmm. laugh about how silly it is that they don't know it in a good, positive yeah. way. But sure. but most importantly, they get the answers and the information that they actually need. Um, and it also provides, uh, it also s- avoids the wrecks from taking place, like, you know, when that person doesn't know that they were supposed to do that thing and suddenly mm-hmm. you're being audited. And That's such great advice. Thank you. So avoiding the wrecks is like that being available, listening, like giving them consistency. I think you said earlier, yeah. being transparent is something you learned from that boss in the past. Yep. The repetition. Tell me more about the repetition. Repetition. Um, so I go into the training. Uh, I talk about an acronym for listen. Um, and T in the word listen stands for test your understanding. And what that means is repeating the information that you receive so that you retain the information. You actually remember it. Um, so for example, um, if you're walking down the hall and somebody stops you and says, Hey, you know, I need you to do, uh, I need you to ship this, uh, package to our New York office by 9am Monday morning. It's gotta be there by 9am Monday morning. You say, so what you're saying is, and you begin. So what you're saying is this package, New York in our New York office, 9am, uh, Eastern, I assume, uh, Monday morning. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? And by using those two phrases, so what you're saying is, and is that what you're saying? You're allowing the person to um, clarify any misunderstandings um, and vice versa. Um, So what happens is they feel really confident in you because you've just repeated it and you know, like, okay, yeah, Dave knows. Dave's got the information. I feel good. Dave's good. He's good to go. Um, so yeah. just by repeating it, uh, it makes that person feel heard. And and, and it's helpful mm. with customers. It's helpful with colleagues. I mean, this works. It, it helps with my wife. Trust me. <laughs> so the kids need to be at so-and-so by whatever yeah. time. Um, is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So repeating it out loud. The other thing that happens, and uh, I wish I was a neurologist. I really love neurology and, and listening to the podcast of all these really smart people. Um, so I can't scientifically talk about what happens in your head, but I do know that your brain perks up when you repeat the information verbally, when you when you repeat the information out loud, it does help you retain that information. And so you actually remember that information. So if you're in the office, you're walking down the hall, your boss stops you and says, Hey, we need Dave. We need this thing at 9am Monday morning in our New York, New York office. And I go, okay. 
and I go back to my desk and I sit down and I look at my inbox and I look at Slack and I'm like, squirrel. <laughs> and I've completely forgotten what I was supposed to do, right? Yeah. So just by repeating it out loud, your brain perks up and thinks, oh, this might be something important. And it does ultimately help you remember it. I wrote a book a few years ago called New Business Networking, all about you know, growing your business and, and career networking effectively. And, uh, and I, I talked about, you know, how to remember people's names when you're networking an event. And again, that's the same sort of theory, right? You just repeat their name several times out loud in order for you to help remember that, that name. So that's another, another mm. tip and how that, that can be used. So smart. Get it in the brain, right? Say it while it's fresh. And then also maybe you did not hear him correctly. So well, that's it. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saying it in your own words and then they can say, no, I didn't say Monday. <laughs> no. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, right. that is a big deal. Like it's a huge deal because yeah, that, that avoids the wrecks of, of miscommunication that takes place as a result. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's important. So practical, right? Yep. But these are the little things that we're just not doing mm -hmm. frequently or consistently. Yeah. Uh, so the third pillar of your of your framework here, your nice method, is life outside the walls. Mm -hmm. And there you talk about building trust, the external and the internal. Yeah. So, like for example, um, actually, I love this case study. This example of, of uh, celebrating sort of life outside the walls is actually, and from the internal perspective, using literally using a wall. Um, so, I had uh, one former client who created a bookshelf um, in his office, and so his entire wall was a bookshelf, um, which was great, and it was mainly nonfiction, you know, business type marketing books and so on. Um, but what he did is he took it a step further and he paid, uh, his team members to read those books. So suddenly he's paying them to read. Um, and so what's happening as a result of this is they're being rewarded by reading these books. They're talking about the books during the meeting. So they have like a point to talk about. They're sharing their insights they learned from the book with their colleagues who might run with one of those ideas, or they may also use those ideas that they've learned from the book. And uh, this is a friend uh, now, Arnie Malham, uh, from a former client, CJ Advertising, who went on to start his own um, business called Better Book Club. Um, and so he started, he sold uh, CJ Advertising that was acquired. And now his, uh, he started a startup all about Better Book Club, like helping team members and paying them to read and, and giving them um, a leaderboard and things like that to, to see who's reading the most. But again, it's just a great way of being a great boss and inspiring your team members to, to learn. And so, yeah. you know, getting outside of the walls though, you could just simply send your team members to a conference. Um, some of the best relationships I have over the years and friendships came as a result of attending conferences. And that's mm -hmm. where, you know, and I get, I have, um, uh, I have an online course, uh, called betterconferencenetworking.com. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and for that, it's all about, you know, not just, it's about going to conferences, but having a goal in place when you go. And it's also about mm. following up uh, after meeting new people. And so uh, I've established some really wonderful professional uh, relationships, both where 
I was able to use these new relationships, not use, but be able to use the brands that these new relationships represented and team up with them in order to build uh, promotions and, and kind of co-branded in-kind promotions and things like that. So everybody wins. Um, so I've done stuff over the years with Groupon and Wired Magazine and a whole bunch of others um, when I was working with a, a, t- a certain tech company. So, yeah. Wow, that's so neat. So your advice is to enter these engagements, these conferences, these experiences with an intention or like yes. with a thoughtful outcome, like what you want to yeah. accomplish or how you want to be also. Yeah. And it helps with smart goals too. So that way you're, you're setting actual goals to measure the results. So you really know whether you can measure the return on investment and generosity of, uh, mm-hmm. of being sent to a conference in the first place. Um, you know, I know people who have gone to conference. I've met them at conferences who were sent to the conference, but they had no idea why. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know. My boss bought the ticket and just told me to come. So here I am. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Right. So what's your plan? Oh, yeah. let's go get a beer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's important too. But it really does like when you send your team members to conferences and as a speaker myself, you know, I, I absolutely love conferences. I love how communal they are. A lot of conferences to me are like summer camp. Um, but you you meet new people and, and great things come as a result of that. So investing in your team. Um, also, when you send your team out together to, to, let's say, a conference or a trade show, they have downtime together and they have dinners together and so forth. And they build relationships and become friends. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, if you can foster friendship in your team and your team, they're way less likely to quit um, as well. So, so it's kind of, again, Mm -hmm. it's a win-win all around by just being a nicer leader. For sure. So you've written about and you speak about networking for nice people and you've even talked about networking for nice people with LinkedIn. So I'd love to hear some of your techniques or the ways in which you recommend people are more generous and nice on LinkedIn. So over the time, what I've learned, uh, you know, from using LinkedIn is it's not just a place to, you know, find work, find a job, but it's a place where you can build genuine relationships and connect and share your, and and become a thought leader in your own right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot to be said for LinkedIn. So um, beyond making your profile look great, and I have my own uh, ways to do that, which I'm happy to share with your uh, listeners offline if they want to reach out. Um, But besides looking great, you can use LinkedIn to find connections. Like, let's say, let's say you want to do business with a company. What's a, what's a company just off the top of your head? DuPont. DuPont. Great. So let's say you want to, you have an opportunity to do some business for DuPont or you have an idea for somebody at DuPont. Well, the first thing you would do is look up DuPont's company page on LinkedIn. And then you would click to see all employees. Now, DuPont's a big company, but this might take a minute. But you go through uh, their directory and you look through and find the point person that you should talk to by their job title. Um, so let's say it's the CMO of DuPont that you want to talk to because you have a marketing idea. So you find uh, who that person is, and then you notice on LinkedIn whether you are a first or first, second, or third connection to that person. And for those who don't use LinkedIn that often, um, you know, first connection means that we are already connected, so we presumably know one another already. The second connection is that I know somebody 
one of my connections knows this person and is presumably connected to that person. Or third connection means that like, I don't know anybody who is connected to this person and I'm not either. So let's say Shannon is connected to Mary at DuPont. And so, um, and Shannon and I are first connections. So I would see, okay, I would know who it is that I need to connect with. I could just try to reach out to her but good luck with that. Instead, I could reach out to Shannon and say, hey, Shannon, I have this great idea for DuPont. Oh man, I would love to talk to them about this crazy idea I have. Um, And I noticed that you're connected to their CMO, Mary. I noticed on LinkedIn, would you please provide me with an introduction? I would be eternally grateful. I just would love to get to to talk to them to see if I'm a good fit for this, you know, for whatever it is. Um, and because you and I are connected on LinkedIn uh, and we hopefully know one another, which is another story, but you should accept connection requests from people you know, um, you could say, oh yeah, for sure, Dave, no problem. And then you would facilitate that introduction. Um, now I go into like far more detail about how to do this and do it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know, if I really want to do it and I want to do it sort of urgently, I would pick up the phone and call you or I would email you rather than do it through LinkedIn because maybe you're sure. not on LinkedIn that often. Um, so then you would provide the introduction through email and that way I could pick up the conversation from there. Now, Mary's way more likely to accept an introduction through her friend Shannon uh, than she is if I just cold reached reached out to her um, out of the blue out of the blue right. right so this is a this gets into the idea in, in my book new business networking about I have a whole chapter on LinkedIn in the book about and conferences mm-hmm. and things like that too but the point here is that you are trying to build relationships and so getting taking a step further or a step away from the example I just gave you. For me to connect with you on LinkedIn, I would send you a connection request, but say, hey, Shannon, you know, it was so great to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to connect on LinkedIn and I'm happy to provide you with an introduction to someone in my network should you need one. So right there in that that request, I'm not just saying, hey, Shannon, let's connect on LinkedIn. But Mm -hmm. I'm saying, here's some value for you. Here's a good reason why you should accept my connection request. And you're like, well, Mm -hmm. Dave's got a pretty big network. You know, I, he's even spoken for LinkedIn. So yeah, maybe I should accept his connection request. Um, but whatever that, whatever the case may be. So right away. And then what I could do is by following you on LinkedIn, I could look at the content you're sharing, maybe reach out to you and say, Hey, I saw, uh, you know, I know a media, uh, like a radio person who's looking to interview somebody who's an expert on XYZ. And, you know, I thought I should reach out to, to see if that's something of interest and I can connect you. So you're basically planting seeds. Uh, and you're trying to be nice. And so these nice seeds then foster those relationships and ultimately networking, you know, it's like call it karma, call it what you want. But if you do it the right way, then it leads you to great places. Yep. So true. So at the end of every episode, we recap what individuals can do to apply what they've learned to their own work and lives. So we call it the ROG takeaway tip. Yes. So here's a couple that I've got. So if I heard what you're saying is number one, to conduct stay interviews mm-hmm. in the way that you just taught us how Two, write thank you cards, handwritten thank you notes and cards. Three is have the AMA coffees. They ask me anything coffees, make, make, make yourself available yep. 
for those kinds of open conversations. And then the fourth thing was to repeat the instructions that somebody has given you so that you verify that you have heard them correctly by saying things like what you're saying is and what I think you're saying is, you know, if I heard that correctly. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 validating and you're repeating so that you're remembering, but you're also making sure that you got it right. Correct. Yeah. 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 Anything else you would add? No, I think that was great. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I think you did a good job recapping there. Well, thank you, Dave, for investing your invaluable time with us and for sharing so many practical tools for how we can be nice and generous out in the workplace. Yeah, my pleasure, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe.